When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. It's brand new Season 2. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Episode 311, Keeping Financial Secrets from Your Spouse with Caroline Bensel. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast, where you'll learn to save money, money, embrace simplicity, and live a richer life. Here are your hosts, Jen and Jill. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast. My name is Jill. And my name is Allison, a.k.a. Jen, for now. (laughs) Yeah, kind of Jen. We've got Allison again as a stand-in co-host, as Jen is still out on parental leave caring for the beautiful babe she birthed. But she'll be back soon. You'll be hearing from Jen again in the June episodes and beyond. But Allison from Inspired Budget, who is all over the internet, Instagram, has a podcast by the same name, is here. And she's not just a fellow person in the personal finance space, but a friend. And so we're so excited. And this has gone so well, both this time and the last time Jen gave birth, you were a stand-in co-host. So just the the ride or die, the tried and true. Thanks for being here. I'm here for any massive life changes. Yes. And we're going to bring in another friend, Caroline, who we'll give a bit of an intro to, but we are going to be talking about keeping financial secrets from spouses, how that can go awry, what Caroline's story is. But first, this episode is brought to you by Secrets. Those juicy little nuggets of information that you share with just a few people, but inevitably it leaks out to a larger crowd. Well, secrets aren't doing so hot these days. I mean, it didn't work for Victoria, and it's (laughs) certainly not going flawlessly for the deodorant company. So Secrets is running a new campaign that's more about generosity and vulnerability and sharing those previously hidden messages. And if you like the sound of Secrets Revealed, then you're going to love Money Made Easy. This is Allison's newest book where she dispels the myth that money is complicated and shares how you can experience ease in your personal finance. Secrets, no more hushed talking. Instead, try enjoyable reading. Money Made made Easy. easy. Money Made Easy, available at all bookstores, Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. Oh, beautiful, Allison. (laughs) And even the library. And if your library doesn't have it, tell your library to buy it. Tell them to buy thousands of copies. Absolutely. Everyone should get it. If this conversation about money with partners is something that you really want to dig into a little bit more. Certainly stay with us because this is a really good conversation, but also queue up episode 231, being frugal with a non-frugal partner. I know a lot of us feel the pain there. We're on board with getting our finances in order, but we might have a partner who's not. So listen into that one. Got some great tips for you. And episode 126, healthy financial boundaries with family and friends takes a little bit different of a perspective on how can we set in place some of these important boundary lines that are going to be protective for us when it comes to our personal finances. But again, stay here with us because 
Caroline is really amazing. We have had her on the show before. She is a money-saving expert, especially when it comes to her family of six living on one income. After becoming a teen mom, she is a master of living on a tight budget and still having and living a full life. So now as a six-figure entrepreneur, she works from home and teaches other women how to make their money work for them and to take charge of their own financial lives. She is going to dig deeper with us about some of the decisions she made with her husband early on in marriage, how she kept some financial secrets, Mm -hmm. what that meant for them in their financial life, and kind of what she might do differently now looking back. But I don't want to give away too much about it. Just it's a good conversation. So let's dig in. Caroline, welcome. We are so excited to have you back. Again, we can't get enough. Oh, I'm so glad to be back. Thank you for having me. We are talking about something quite salacious, even in Jen's absence. We're really going out (laughs) on a limb here. Like the cats or the the cats away, the mice are playing, digging into some hot takes. And and you're here for it. I got got some two amazing females here chatting about this stuff. So... Talking about finances with our spouse, some of the things that we've done that maybe aren't so good, but maybe still work, some of the things that maybe we would do differently. But first, can we just start with your story? We're talking about, you know, your personal experience of hiding money from your spouse. What happened? What led to that? Just, you know, we've got our coffee. I know. Let's let's, let's just (laughs) dig right in. Get the tea. I actually, Caroline has the tea. We have the coffee. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) I love that. Well, so hi, everybody. I'm Caroline. um, And my story basically starts when I was a freshman in college, um, like two years or two months into my freshman year, I met my now husband. And so I'm 18. I had just graduated high school like six months before we met and had an absolute whirlwind romance and uh, got engaged. We're like, this is my person and then promptly got pregnant. And so we were kind of forced into this situation where we probably wouldn't have had to talk about finances or like what it means to be kind of like financial partners in a relationship um, for probably at least a year or so. But nope, we were just thrown right into it. And it turns out that we were pretty different in our finances and in the way that we thought about money and in the way that we were brought up, we we viewed our gender roles, our like personality types, what we were entitled to do and have with our finances. Um, and so wouldn't you know it, that wound up leading to a lot of friction for us. We wound up butting heads constantly when it comes to finances. And it wasn't really until probably like after our son was born, um, about like six months after our son was born, I started getting hit with overdraft fees in my bank because I wasn't paying attention to it because I was at home with the child. I wasn't spending money. And so it turns out um, my savings account had been completely depleted because my husband was just swiping that card constantly. And he's a great guy. Let me be clear. I love my husband. We were in a much, much better place now. We've been together since 20 or 2010, I guess. I don't know. 2009. It was a long time ago. But <laughs> we can't even count that far. I, ago. I, I know he started throwing around like we're going to be together like 15 years. I'm like, you got to back up. I'm too young for that. Um, so <laughs> But we had these kinds of like conversations really kind of forcefully. And it was it was kind of this moment of like, what did you husband due to my finances? There's no more money. And his come up was I work. So I should be able to spend my money how I want. And while that makes total sense when you're, you know, 25 and single, when you're in a relationship, when you're in a partnership, and when you have a family that does tend to change financial dynamics and just kind of relational dynamics as well. And so that was really difficult for him to overcome mentally. So it was still very much a, this is my money I work for it. I should be able to spend it. And here I come being the voice of reason, like we need to buy diapers for this baby. (laughs) (laughs) 
we he's have not potty money. trained yet. He's only three. Yes. <laughs> and when he is potty trained, he's going to want food. He's going to get out. <laughs> he mm-hmm. needs clothes. And so this was a lot for my husband at the time to process. And we really, really fought for a long time. And something for him that was really difficult to get past was the idea of not just like, you know, it's my money, but there wasn't really a future that was possible in his mind. It was like, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to spend because I make $11 an hour. Like, what's the point of even trying to save? Anything that I would save would be like a dollar. So what's the point? I'll just spend it. And that's not my come up. I'm the saver. He's the spender. And so needless to say, we wound up with a lot of a lot of butting heads, a lot of threats of divorce, of leaving, and ultimately wound up in a lot of therapy that helped a lot. And now we are in a lot better place financially in our marriage and our relationship together. But it did start pretty rocky. Not going to lie. <laughs> oh, I have a question, actually. Actually, it's not a question. It's more of an observation. You said, Caroline, that your husband was thinking, I make this money. I deserve to spend it how I want. Yeah. I feel like that's not like, I feel like a lot of people feel that way, whether yeah. they're single or married. And it's kind of like this, we put in the work and the effort, and now I should be able to spend the money how I want. And I don't want anyone else to tell me how to do it. And yeah. I want to be able to buy what I want to buy. And I, I say that all from experience as well. Like I felt that way. Yeah. I think that's definitely normal. So, oh Yeah. I, and I'm guessing like, because I know whenever y'all were doing this back then, this is not whenever I feel like therapy was popular. I know you guys <laughs> didn't go to therapy back then. And you probably didn't honestly have the budget for it. Yep. So you're in a better place. You're in a different place. He sees things differently. Yeah, How did it. you get there? How did you get him there over to the bright side to leave the dark side, if you will? <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is kind of where it gets a little salacious as Jill put it so very well and aptly put it earlier, I started after we had this huge knockdown drag out fight about like, there is no future. Why would I bother saving? And I had kind of hit this moment of, I am not going to be living paycheck to paycheck for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. I was like 21 at the time, by the way, like let's, I was like 20 or 21 at this point. I'm like, I, I cannot fathom that I will live until I'm in my 90s because all my grandparents are in their 90s. God bless them. I'm like, I'm not going to live paycheck to paycheck until I die. It's not going to happen. And so that was the moment when I realized I'm like, either you're going to do this with me or I'm going to do this and you're going to come along for the ride. Now, let me, before we get anywhere, I am not advocating financial abuse in any way, shape or form. Like, this is just, it happened to work in my situation, but we'll talk about that in a second. You're advocating boundaries. There we go. Whether it's boundaries in a marriage or boundaries that you put on yourself inside of marriage. Yes. And and it's kind of a, it was a a forceful help in the right direction is how I try to view it. Um, But ultimately what I started doing was I started giving my husband's debit card Um, a limit, a daily limit. He couldn't exceed $20 a day. And it had um, a $20 from our primary checking account limit each week. It would, he would transfer $20 onto his debit card. And that was all the money that he had for the week. Now, did he know about this? Yes, he did. He had to have been aware. It was, it was a rough first few weeks where he would blow mm-hmm. through all of that money on Monday and then be like, well, I don't have any money for work for the rest of the week for lunch. I'm like, you have food at home. Mm-hmm. We just spent all this money on groceries. Like, like that's no food. fun. I, <laughs> I know, but. Yeah. Well, where did you come up with a $20 limit? That was what we felt that he could afford. And that was Mm -hmm. reasonable. And again, this was, you know, back in 2011 or something. So call it $15 or call it $25, call it $40, whatever makes sense to you. That's what worked for us. Mm -hmm. And that was, again, we were making $11, $12 an hour at the time. And I know that nobody does that anymore. I, I totally know that. But for us, that was all that we could reasonably afford that in my head was enough for him to buy the food that he wanted for the week still feel like he could splurge like if you wanted to go to burger king or whatever was around the corner from work you can you have that kind of freedom but you can't do it 
every single day for lunch and then after work or then before work or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. So it was enough to feel like he was able to do what he wanted without going over. Okay. So you set the limit. He begrudgingly obliged. Yeah. And, and what else? So that was when I started moving money from our checking account into a savings account that was separate from our checking account. So there was no possible way that there was like an overdraft and it would just take that money out. This was a completely separate account. And each week on payday, I had an automatic um, withdrawal and deposit set up from checking to savings. So let's say it was a $1,000 paycheck for that week. $200 would directly go into savings immediately. So Mm -hmm. it only looked like there was $800 left. And so once all the bills were paid and everything and the card swiped and it got declined because there was no money, he's like, oh, I guess there's no money. I'll just stop. But he didn't know. He did not know that that money was moving. So you were setting aside about 20% of his net pay yep. and he had no idea. So here nope. he is going along thinking, oh, we're in the exact same position. Yep. We are making the exact same amount of, we have enough, we're in the exact same position. We have the exact same amount of spending money, but mm-hmm. then you have Caroline over there in, it's standing in a dark corner, <laughs> squirreling yes. her nuts away. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Saying, ha, 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 I'm going to take us on a family vacation <laughs> or something like, and you don't even know about it. Is that, is that yep. what it was? Okay. How it long was. did you do this for? It was, it was for, I don't even remember how long it was because it was uh 20% right off the top. And if you worked any overtime at all, right in there immediately like yes. so if he worked extra time and a half right into the savings account he's like man we're going through money pretty quick i'm like mm, mm-hmm. yeah it's all sure, that burger sure. king you're getting <laughs> yeah. before, before work and after work so, i'm i'm curious because i'm i'm not like against separate finances i'm not even against separate accounts in terms of you know my husband has a separate checking account that is his spending money i pay him as a contractor he gets to spend that money however it is i don't have access to it did he have access to this savings account or was it just Caroline Vensel's name only? And that's it. I'm just curious. So this is the fun part, which is if he actually logged in. Oh my goodness. Right there. I, I, I The amount of times I have given this man, and I love this man, I, the amount of times I have given him, I'm like, this is your account login. <laughs> it's on your phone. You can look at it. He's never done it once. Wow. Never done it. Yeah. So he could have he known could have. if he wanted to. You mm-hmm. weren't doing acrobatics to keep no. this information from him. But even if you were, and I, I hear you saying, I, I don't recommend, you know, this form of secrecy, but it's more of a surprise than it is this kind of abusive yeah. financial situation. Yeah. It's, you know, kind of some of the things that we might do in relationships to give a nice gift to somebody. Mm-hmm. Again, yeah. this does speak to other issues and we're not using oh, yeah. this as a Oh, here's a hot tip on how no, no, to no. like start your savings account if your spouse mm-hmm. isn't on board. This is one of those like sell them what they want, give them what they need situations. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. So with that, yeah. what is there something different that you would have done looking back and in looking at maybe the realities or if someone else is in a similar situation where there's just not buy-in for the financial pieces that need to come together. What to do is like, is it like, I don't know. Yeah. I guess just like squirrel it away and don't tell your partner or, or is there something looking back you could say, I could have done this differently. Yeah. um, I am a huge advocate of therapy and finding a therapist that is covered by your insurance plan helps to mitigate some of that cost. We learned that um, when we started looking into therapists, we thought it was going to be like $200 an hour. It was 20 with our copay. So that changed a lot. I know, right? I'm like, what? I know. There are a lot who will operate on a sliding sliding scale fee. So it's, yeah. Yeah. And um, that was my big thing. If I could go back, I would find a therapist who 
was capable of helping with, not like helping with finances, but really our therapist, um, when we lived in Pennsylvania, I love our therapist. He was the only person who was ever able to get through in Asher for my husband. Um, It was a lot of people who were kind of just like, you know, the man is supposed to understand finances. I'm like, but this one doesn't. <laughs> this model does not like I, I need I need more than just like this is supposed to be something that they know it's like but it's not yeah. it's not and he was never taught it and so I went in assuming that he would know finances and I was like blown away that I was so wrong but I don't recommend like hiding things from your spouse I believe that marriage and and any kind of a relationship it should be a partnership you should have mm-hmm. these kinds of conversations um but I also had heard this and this is when I started saving the money and squirreling it away was clean up your side of the street first and then wait to see how people react to it. And so Mm. I was like, I'm going to do this for me. I'm going to do this for myself, for our son, for our future. And so I started saving and it was when it got to a thousand dollars in the savings account, like we didn't really feel a great deal of a pinch. And that was when I told him about it. Mm. Um, And it wasn't until we had hit that. And it was, it was probably like six months. Again, we were like not making a lot of money at all at the time. But still, that's that's incredible. Yeah. And so when I told him about it, I, again, he's not a violent person at all, but he was upset. He was like, why were you hiding um, money from me? I was like, mm-hmm. because you would have spent it all. Mm-hmm. And once he really like stopped and was like, oh my gosh, so wait, you're telling me that in six months we were able to save $1,000 and I didn't really even notice it? I'm like, yes, now you get it. Now you understand that with a little bit of intentionality, we can actually plan for a future. We can save. We can go on these vacations that we want to. And we don't have to live paycheck to paycheck. And that's just what we have to accept. But that's kind of like I do. I'm a huge advocate for going to therapy. If you feel like you're struggling and you want to make your relationship work and neither one of you are seeing eye to eye. And even if you feel like you're in the right, 100 percent seek third party help. Have -hmm. somebody who can be a what is it called? Like a mediator mediator to be in that middle place, to be like, okay, so you're both kind of a little bit right. Let's find some middle ground. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I, I love that tip too, because so often it's not just about the money. I think yeah. we mm-hmm. can assume, oh no, we just have to figure out how to crunch these numbers better. No. We don't have <laughs> to go pay somebody to let us talk to them. We can figure this out on our own. But the reality is, is often it's deeper than that. It mm-hmm. will touch on other relational dynamics, cycles, yeah. patterns of relating. Issues within the marriage that may or may not even be connected to finances. But by addressing those, you're going to experience some breakthroughs when it comes to finances. So, absolutely, I can't advocate that enough. And I will also, this is my little side tangent, say that to go to therapy and couples therapy doesn't mean you're locked in for forever. You're going Mm -hmm. weekly and with with no end in sight and you're just hemorrhaging cash to this person that you're sitting on a couch with. Quite the opposite. And you could state goals from the start about what is it that we want to talk about and resolve and set a target end date to Together. It could be that you're able to talk through the issue in three months. Yeah. And it might not even mean that you're going weekly. It could be twice a month, once a month. So yeah. there really is a way to make it financially feasible if this is something that's being faced. And I think I want to highlight too, while this isn't your story of the financial secret being something that puts you into financial ruin, quite the opposite, which is the best version yes. of a secret, <laughs> is surprise, we've got money saved. But, you know, for many, there's financial secrets where it's it's the other end of the spectrum of we're going into debt. There's spending you don't know about. There's these things that I'm keeping hidden on purpose. And there might be a little bit of, yeah, maybe not intentional maliciousness to it, but there's harm happening. And so either end of the spectrum, either whether you're in a situation where you feel like I have to save and I have to keep it from my spouse because they're just not on board or 
I'm spending or I'm, I'm going into debt and I feel so ashamed and I don't want to talk to my spouse about it. Either one, we can, there can be room for hope and conversation mm-hmm. and yes, a therapist can help there. So Absolutely. I'll, I'll plug. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning, is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way. It's getting to, to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine, And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I will also say, I love your story particularly because I feel like it's this underdog story of... Your husband was the one that you would assume would never get on board and appreciate saving because he loves spending. And once he saw what was possible, there was this total mindset shift, this light bulb, if you will. Maybe the clouds parted and the heavens shone down on him. I don't know. But he saw what was possible and he was able to make that change in his thinking, which I think all of us are capable of doing, but we don't always believe in ourselves enough. Yeah. And sometimes we need our hand held a little bit to do that. And and that's what you were there to do. So Caroline, thank you. I love, I love your story. I think it's wonderful. I think that it's a great lesson for other people in what they what is hope for their possible partnership. Yeah. And then also just an idea of like, okay, Caroline did it this way. She handled it this way. It worked out in the end, but maybe my husband or my spouse partner wouldn't like that. So let me pivot to do something a little bit different, but hopefully have the same outcome. Yeah. And it is possible. We are people that are capable of change. Mm -hmm. Everybody is capable of change. And sometimes it does just take that little bit of a mindset tweak. And I did kind of force my husband's hand. Oh my goodness. I'm so sorry. There's a kitty. I did force my husband's hand in this in our kind of relationship dynamic, but it did wind up being something for the better. And it did wind up teaching him a lot. And I just said this the other day, or I said this before we started recording to Jen and Allison. I'm like, he said something the other day about like, oh, and we can save more money if we do this. And I was like, swoon, wait, stop. Did you just say that you could save money? You're like planning on ways to save. Yes. Tell me more. Like cook me dinner while I just look at you and you can talk about saving money. Like <laughs> we can move towards collaboration. We yes. can get better in yeah. our partnership, which is yeah. beautiful. And yes, that is that is some hot marriage stuff right I there, know, right? <laughs> One of the things to go back and dig into your story a a little bit, because I'm just curious over here. (laughs) There's a, I think, unique part of what you're saying, and others might experience this too, where you're talking about, okay, you got to clean up your side of the street first, which I 100% agree with. I think where the rub can come, and I'd be curious your perspective and what you might recommend to other people in this situation where that mindset of, well, I'm the breadwinner. Like if you're in a one income household and one of the spouses is making the money and let's say it's that spouse who doesn't have their kind of saving cap on and it's the spouse who's taking care of the household who might not be working for money at the time, being the one trying to drive some important financial decisions. What do you recommend for that specific rub? What does cleaning up my side of the street if I'm not the one Mm. earning the money, so to speak? So um, I'm a little bit petty. (laughs) 
I'm a little bit petty. And oh. so um, I Googled the salary of a stay-at-home mom. Oh, <laughs> yes. nice. I, I was like, so just so we're clear, you go to work for eight hours, not diminishing that in the least. He worked in a steel fabrication yeah, shop. Don't stop. Thank you. <laughs> I know. Like, please don't. Like, I appreciate it. But you do this. I'm on call from eyes open to eyes closed. And in the middle of the night, if somebody gets sick, they're not waking you up. They're waking me up. And so I did what I thought was reasonable. I'm like, I'm at home all day, making food, cleaning, cooking, taking care of kids, picking up dog poop, all of those things that you would have had to hire someone to do if it weren't me. Mm-hmm. And that helped also for him to see a lot of the invisible work that does go on. I have heard of people. No, I I did not do this because I <laughs> I wouldn't um, because I'm a little bit of a perfectionist. But I've heard people going on like a cleaning strike or like a doing oh my gosh their spouse strike to prove the value of being that stay at home partner. I did not do that because I know that nothing would get done and that would stress me out. <laughs> He'd be probably uh, fine with it. <laughs> He'd bother you more. I know. Right? Like, so that was not something that I did. But what I did do was show him the um, how much a stay-at-home mom makes. And I think salary.com has that. So cool. you can, I know, right? And it was something screwy like $150,000 a year or something. I can't remember what it was, Mm -hmm. but that was a big thing for him to be able to see like all of this stuff. And sometimes it doesn't exactly get through. Sometimes people are a little bit dense and that's okay. And sometimes that's just not how they communicate. Um, And sometimes you're fighting an uphill battle against their work environment too. Mm -hmm. My husband worked a blue collar job. He's around guys who are in blue collar jobs. And typically that machismo of like, I make the rules, I'm the man of the mm-hmm. house is something that we had to fight against because everybody, if if everybody's doing it, it's like if everybody's going out to lunch and nobody else's wife mm-hmm. says, here's your $20 bill for the whole week, it does seem kind of not unfair, but also kind of unfair. Yeah. And so for him, that was something that he had to go to therapy individually for to kind of be able to see outside of that mold. We don't have Mm -hmm. a typical relationship in a lot of different situations. Like I manage all of the finances and God bless him. He doesn't. I'm like, this is how much money we have and all the bills are paid. He's like, thumbs up. That's good. Right. (laughs) That's, that's the extent of his role and he knows it. And so I do still like I keep coming back to therapy. I keep coming back to having somebody in your corner, being able to help you, being able to help your partner, being able to help your spouse, being able to help your family, whatever you want to look at it as. Yeah. Being able to bring some kind of like a voice of reason to that conversation, because sometimes it does take a little bit of work. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it does take somebody who has also been in that situation. I can't be saying you need to work at this. It needs to be somebody that they know and trust Mm -hmm. who's like, dude, this is a problem. Listen to your wife. And he's like, I see what you mean. Yeah, Like that was what our therapist did. And I'm like, it Mm -hmm. took probably seven years into our marriage before a therapist was like, dude, you are, you are actually being problematic. Do you see that? He's like, I see your point. Like, yeah. <laughs> are you it's kidding? a lot of, it's a lot of ego. It's yes. a lot of dealing with your own ego and facing it. Yeah. Um, it sounds like he, but it's not, and that's hard work. And it sounds like he did the hard work, which is great. Yeah. yeah. And I think that the, the secret is what brought to light okay, this actually needs to be looked at. I do think that there are some times, while maybe not a tip to replicate, but there are some times where something drastic needs to happen to shake the thing up. You know, while we all don't want crisis events in our lives, Mm -hmm. so often the pivot point that we all point back to are those very events. You know, when I lost my job or I... Yes. Had to move. The housing market Mm -hmm. crashed. And it's these things were really awful. We don't want to replicate them. We don't wish them on anybody else. But if there's any silver lining in it, it highlights this thing. And I think, too, to remove some of the mystery out of this thing that we keep coming back to of if you keep coming to a dead end, seek out therapy, seek Mm -hmm. out a mediator. What that's going to do is find the inroads 
of negotiation. Help somebody see, help each partner see where the other one is coming from that you may not be able to get to on your own and create those spaces for each other to exist in ways that are kind to both parties that sometimes we just can't do on our own. So yes, yes, 100%. And not even just that, but like because of the the concept of like, I didn't want to give him any money. When we were initially starting, I'm like, no, you just don't go to... Like, what's wrong with you? Like, we oh. have no money. Don't go to Burger King. He's like, no, that's not. See, yeah, Allison, that would, I see I, the face. The spider am... is like, that's not happening. <laughs> you can't yeah. deprive him entirely. If someone did that to me, I would be like, okay, I'm going to spend all the money then. Yeah, you like, tell me I can't spend anything, I'm going to spend it all. Like, that's, that's what I would be like. And that's, I mean, you know, I had an allowance as well. I, it was yeah. a self-imposed allowance, but it was a self-imposed allowance I gave myself after being told, you know, <laughs> telling myself you're not going to spend anything. And it's just yeah. not realistic. It's not. And that was kind of part of that, that kind of like a dynamic. It is an ebb and flow. It is finding mm-hmm. inroads. It is finding compromise. It's saying you can have $20 instead of zero. Mm-hmm. These are the two options that we can go with. And finding that middle ground and being able to accommodate, like you do want to feel like I make mm-hmm. the money, I should be able to spend it how I want. Yeah, That's giving him that ability without completely stripping it away and emasculating him and making him go without something that he really enjoyed once mm-hmm. a week. It just makes it more important because instead of it being every day, it is just once in a while, but you still have that choice. That's mm-hmm. the big thing. Speaking of doing what I want... <laughs> And something that we love to get once or twice a week, usually twice a week. <laughs> oh, where are we going here? Where it's are we going the here? Bill of, of the week. That's right. It's time for the best minute of your entire week. Maybe a baby was born and his name is William. Maybe you paid off your mortgage. Maybe your car died and you're happy to not have to pay that bill anymore. Duck bills, Buffalo bills, Bill Clinton. This is the bill of the week. (laughs) We're getting good at this. That was adorable. (laughs) All right, Caroline, you know the drill. Every week, multiple times a week, we invite our guests or our listeners to share their bill of the week. And because this time you're a guest and not just a listener, (laughs) the honor is yours. What's your bill? Well, thank you. Uh, My bill is actually my father-in-law, Bill, who has a YouTube channel that I think now has 125,000 subscribers. Nice. I know. And it's so cute. He has on their mantle, he has his plaque from YouTube. But oh. wait, it's kind of like off to the side and behind a plant. It's like a humble brag, right? Yeah. Like, so I love you this. You can still see deal. it, but kind it's of an hidden. ambient guitar channel. You should check it out. <laughs> oh, yes. What's it called? Chords of Orion. Chords? Chords? Chord. Chords. Chords. It's ambient guitar. Chords oh, man. of We're gonna... Orion, Orion. Chords of Orion, like a guitar chord okay. of Orion, like a constellation. Okay. Wow. We're gonna, we're gonna shoot up that subscribership. He's gonna should. have a plaque behind a plant that says I know. Five hundred. There you go. That's right. No, that one gets to be in front of the plant. It will. <laughs> Oh, Caroline, you are just feeding me what I want. Bills that are real bills. And especially when they're father-in-laws with a following in a unique niche setting on YouTube. Oh, this is beautiful. He's awesome. Words of Orion. (laughs) Is he monetizing it? Of course he is. Okay, good for him. And he gets he gets like guitar pedals. Let's have a quick business meeting for Bill. (laughs) I know, right? Can we talk about his five-year plan? (laughs) (laughs) How does he want to grow it? What does he see for the future? Wow. Well, if you're listening and you happen to have a father-in-law named Bill with 
a huge following on YouTube, or you just happen to pay off a bill, or you like carrying wads of bills in your pocket. Hopefully, it's dollar bills and not like a bunch of actual people named Bill in your pocket. I don't know. I don't know what you do, though. We're here for it. Submit it to us. We love listening. Visit frugalfriendspodcast.com slash bill. Leave us your bill. We ready for it. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning, is connecting with people. In an unscripted, unvarnished way, is getting to, to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine, and I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. And now it's time for the lightning round. Oh, my favorite part of the show. That was beautiful. Yay. You've come to enjoy it, Allison. I have. I I've come to enjoy it. it. Really? She can't. Don't listen to her. She doesn't she know what doesn't she's talking like about. My loud noise, my loud aggressive noises. But where else am I going to get it out? I, know. I don't know. She's got to just accept you for you, you know? Right? And that's what I do. I accept you for everything that yeah. you are. Jen, if you're listening, <laughs> just love her for it. Yeah, Not in spite of it. I live Love in Florida now, it. but there's still a little Philly there. There you go. There you go. <laughs> we are okay. loud, aren't we? <laughs> so this lightning round, as this is the part Jen likes, she wants to make it vulnerable. So hats off to you, Jen. We're still honoring you in your absence. What's something you do now to communicate effectively with your spouse about finances? caveat here. None of us are saying that we've arrived, that we all have it figured out in communicating finances with our spouse. But what for you all, I'll answer too, is working when it comes to some of these more difficult financial conversations. Mm -hmm. Okay, Caroline, go you first. go first. Oh. Okay, I'll oh, see No, you make Allison like, go first. <laughs> I was like, I already know what I'm going to say. Okay, no one okay, else okay, has okay. filled if out you're, the notes if you're ready, on the Google Doc. Spill it. Okay, so what has worked with my husband and I is being direct, but without judgment. Mm. So one thing that I sometimes, maybe every now and then, okay, all the time do is I make assumptions that he knows what I'm thinking or feeling, especially what I'm thinking. Because if I'm thinking it, it only makes sense that he's thinking it too, because I'm always right. Right. Well, unfortunately, he can't read my mind. And so there's a lot of times when it comes to our money or even other areas of our life where we have to be very direct in saying, here's what I want this money to go to, or here's the goal I want to work on, or here's what I want to change. And we are very direct. So that way there's no guessing. There's no question on, oh, did you really mean this instead? But you said that. No, there's none of that. But we do it in a way that is very judgment-free. So there have been times when I have been overspending and he has come to me and he has said, hey, I have noticed that you are overspending on the credit card. What's going on? And I'm like, darn, I wish you wouldn't have noticed that. Well, here's what's going on. And it's a very direct conversation, but through grace and no judgment, and no name calling and just open and honesty and just to where we can come to each other and, and, and really as a team work together yeah. as a team. I got to imagine that's taken a lot of practice to actually be able oh, to yes. highlight something that you see and then not become offended and shut down yeah. the conversation. Uh, I imagine it's taken work to get there. 
Yes. I mean, we've been married for almost 12 years. So it definitely has taken work. And guess what? Therapy. It's therapy. <laughs> the, new, the new sponsor of today's yes, show, I know, apparently. Not, but... <laughs> apparently. Um, we just believe in it. Exactly. So I would definitely say that we, that has not always been a possibility for us, but it is now and it's not perfect every time, but we're able to go through and have those conversations and say like, oh, well, the way, you know, that's hurting my feelings or anything like that. So it's been, I love that question of I've noticed and what's going on because you didn't say this, but I'm imagining that it probably does highlight something else. It's not just you're so awful for overspending. It probably is. You might be really stressed and Mm -hmm. what's going on in your life that Mm -hmm. this might be the outlet that you're coping with this. So the question, the way that you all have framed it together sounds like there's an opening to talk about life and person. Mm -hmm and not just the number in front of you. Exactly. Yeah, because money is math, but money is also emotional. So it leaves room to address the math, but deal with the emotions. Yeah. Mm, That's true. So glad for you guys. That's awesome. What about you, Caroline? It's finding... We really like to kind of find the middle ground for both of us where he knows that I'm a saver. And so when I hear about him saving money or finding ways to save money or recommending something that doesn't cost money, it speaks my love language in (laughs) such a way. Like if he's like, um, I went to the supermarket and got steaks and we're going to cook them at dinner and we're going to have a nice dinner after the kids go to bed and that's going to be our date night. Like uh, say less. We don't have to spend, you know, $150 getting a steak Mm -hmm. dinner and find a sitter and make sure that everything works out and everything like that. Like it's a low key thing. And that speaks my love language. You had to stay at home. I know. I'm happy to stay at home, (laughs) eat a steak and play video games. Like, um, you had me at steak. You had (laughs) (laughs) that's it. That's all I need. Um, And then for him, when I say things like, yeah, you can go out and buy blankety blank, whatever it is. It's usually something for like his motorcycle or something. He's like, can I get this for my motorcycle? I'm like, good news. We've been saving money for this exact event. You can get whatever you want for your motorcycle Mm -hmm. as long as the money's in the account. And he just like his eyes light up. He's like, really? Like, yes, of course you can. And it doesn't throw off our budget or anything like that because it's always been put away for him. And so for him, when I can kind of accept that he wants to spend money without giving him like a lot of pushback and obviously like that motorcycle things are expensive and we've been saving for that. So this was a planned thing, but like it's still to him is me kind of speaking that love language for him of understanding Mm -hmm. that spending is something that he likes to do and it's inherent for him. Um, And so Again, still kind of going back to like the therapy of if you ever feel like you can't have a conversation about something, that should be a red flag. Like if you feel like you can't talk to your partner, whether it's your spouse or just like a long-term partner, if you feel like you can't talk to them about something, then maybe there's like a point where you would want to go to therapy without having seen like maybe you're overspending or maybe you're hiding finances. But if you Mm -hmm. feel like you can't talk to them, that would be that situation. Mm -hmm. But for us, being able to kind of meet each other halfway in our mm-hmm. spending and or saving personalities. <laughs> it's been really helpful. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like paying attention to noticing, highlighting mm-hmm. and appreciating, valuing what is not in the nature of the other person mm-hmm. for you yeah. pointing out and verbalizing oh gosh, thank you so much for having your sights on saving. I know that's not like, obviously you've worked on that. And for him to appreciate you and saying, spend, absolutely, freedom for that. And to, not that the permission is yours to give, but for him to know that you support him in that and you're not gonna hold this grudge over him for having spent is beautiful. Yeah, I love that too. Yay. Okay, Jill, I want to hear yours. Yes. So speaking of keeping my side of the street clean. Oh. So 
This pairs with self-understanding. I have learned not just in finances, but other aspects of life that if I feel as though a message is important, I have a tendency to over-dramatize or inflate the situation. I feel Mm -hmm. as though I need to make it larger than it is in order for you to actually grasp the reality of what it is. Like It needs to be over-inflated because that's how I think you'll actually then measure it rightly. Mm -hmm. It's like telling someone who's always late to something that it starts super early. Yes. Yep. It's basically, how can I make this matter to you as well? Yep. So let me make it a bigger deal because otherwise I'm afraid it won't matter to you like it matters to me. And I think I put everyone in that box. Like everyone's going to be late. So I need to tell everybody (laughs) that it's happening. It's not necessarily based on the person. It's more so me that I think Mm -hmm. I need to overinflate important messages. So my husband, we've been married 11 years now. He knows (laughs) this about me. And it works in the opposite as a result because he knows that I overinflate things. (gasps) He then will like minimize it so much. Like it won't... So I have learned that I need to be very specific and factual about what it actually is and not not become even heightened or elevated in the way that I'm portraying it because then it could sound very doom and gloom. So for instance, this is quite vulnerable. I'll try and make it quick. We recently had a tax bill that was unexpected, Mm. which felt a little bit shameful for me being in the personal finance space. Like, how did I not see this coming? Anyhow, I'm over it now to the point where I'm able to like share it to the masses that, yes, here I am, co-host of a personal finance podcast for five years and unexpected tax bill. But it did cause us, my husband and I, to need to tighten the belt buckles for over the past couple of months to replenish some of our coffers. And I did my best in that situation to be like, here's the reality. Here's how much it took out of this savings bucket. Here's where I want to get it back up Mm -hmm. to based on our surplus each month. Here's how long I think it's going to take us and what we're going to need to do in order to see that. And I think for him, seeing the actual numbers, me not overinflating and just using these words with no tethering of, it's really bad. We can never go out again. We're going to, I'm going to lock you in your room and don't even look at anything on the computer that you might be able to buy and give me all your credit cards. Like, but actually help like inviting him into the, because I'm the one who handles our personal finances, but actually showing him the numbers and giving him the real data on how we're going to get there. That has helped us tremendously. And it has allowed us to have a very, logical conversation about yeah. where we're not becoming emotionally heightened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's great. I love that. I picture you putting together like a PowerPoint presentation <laughs> and presenting like it that. on the TV. <laughs> Be like, okay, here's the truth of where we are. Like, Our tax bill was this much. This is how much we took out of savings to cover the tax bill. <laughs> now we're going to take that number times six. Well, it's going to take, I, I can totally yes. picture you in like your clicker. <laughs> Clicker. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like muzzling the lion inside of me that wants to be like, <gasps> we have to stop yeah. everything because mm-hmm. it's still there. I have yeah. to temper it inside myself oh. so that he can actually receive the message the way that it makes sense to him. And mm-hmm. oh, yeah, you know what you could do is you could put in the PowerPoint presentation on the inside. This is how I feel, and yeah, it could be like, like the bottom corner, Mufasa, like roaring out <laughs> among the city, and you'd be like, however. However, this is what I'm going to, this is how this conversation is going to go. As a baby practicing his And it could be like, yeah, it could be like Hakuna Matata. Like we're going to get along. It's going to be a wonderful conversation. Let's move into the the facts and the numbers here. I love this idea. You need to be my, our therapist. I can do this. Actually, I'll just be your partner. Can I just be your partner in it? We'll just kick him out. Please. Kick Eric out. He's out of here. I'm in. Allison's in. I'm going to have so much fun making financial presentations with you about our money. Show me the money. That's that's all I need. I'm going to show it to you in a PowerPoint. (laughs) 
Beautiful. Well, I hope that for our listeners, there's some sort of, you find yourself in one of us, Caroline, Allison, or myself, and you got some sort of tip about how to have these hard conversations without keeping secrets. And Caroline, you've got such a great story and so many stories that relate to personal finances and you're helping people in so many ways. Where can people get more from you? You can go to my website. It's carolinevensel.com. And there's a bunch of, I have so many freebies. I have so many blog posts about frugality and saving. And not all of them, I swear, not all of them are just based off of like a spend or a saver mindset. Like they're actually for people who can do anything with their money. Um, but it's a, yeah, carolinevensel.com. Go sign Beautiful. up for a bunch of freebies. <laughs> do it. Do it. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Oh, Allison, that felt so good. It truly, I know we get a lot of people saying, oh, it feels like a conversation amongst friends. And that's because it is a conversation amongst friends. But I forgot for a good couple of times that we were on a podcast recording. It just felt like, share your story with me and what worked and what didn't. And Mm -hmm. I think just... I, especially the the three of us being able to talk about our experiences mm-hmm. with sharing finances with another person and running a household and the pitfalls in that, but then some of the things that have gone really well, I, I feel like there's so much I am going to continue to chew on in this mm-hmm. episode. I do too. I love also how Caroline was like willing to say, look, this is what I did. It might not be what I would do now because we all make decisions with our money and our spouses that in that, in hindsight, looking back, maybe they weren't the best. And I love that she's able to do that, but then still be vulnerable enough to share her message and say like, hey, this is what I did. It did have a happy ending. It ended up working. But if I were to go back and navigate it differently, this is what I would do instead. So I love that vulnerability piece of it because she very mm-hmm. well could just be like, this is what I did and everyone should do it. And of course mm-hmm. it worked, but she yeah. she knows that that's not how it's going to work for everyone. So I love that. Or, or the opposite of keeping it hidden because it doesn't mm-hmm. sound so great. I yeah. kept a secret from my husband and it it worked out for me, but I think that, you know, there, anytime we're vulnerable and we share some of these personal stories, especially where we might've done things differently, there can be a lot of backlash and opinions Mm -hmm. on that. I think she did a great job describing what worked, what didn't. Uh, But yeah, I think I just, I commend anybody who's going to, because it it pulls the curtain back and it gives permission for others who find themselves in these situations where they might have done something or be doing something out of desperation and trying to find the solution to this Mm -hmm. problem that seems insurmountable. Mm -hmm. And I can't really find my way through it to recognize, okay, well, there's someone who's been here before Mm -hmm. and what would they recommend to me? And so, yes, thank you, Caroline. Yes, it was so fun. And thank you all who are listening for listening. Your listen means so much to us. And we also want to let you all know that we have a membership for you listeners, that it is chock full of other frugal friends who are paying off debt where we do monthly money challenges, which is a really fun way to gamify our finances, help us get at our savings, spending goals even. And it offers accountability groups, which is amazing for that community value that we know is so important in achieving some of those financial goals, whether it's paying off debt or saving, you name it. And we want to congratulate one of our members for a big win. This comes from Emmer's N. It's titled, I paid off my stuff. (laughs) Finally. Finally. I love that. Finally. (laughs) (laughs) I recently got approved for a HELOC. Is that how you pronounce it? That is how you pronounce it. Home equity line of credit. Thank you. So I could pay off my high interest cards and look into getting a two car garage, potentially still working on that last one, without even using any money from the HELOC. I managed to pay all of my cards. I know I will have some purchases to pay off like groceries, et cetera, but I finally have enough in my checking to take care of it and still have plenty left over. I'm hoping to start saving and also continue to pay down some other debt I have. (sighs) Oh my gosh. Congratulations, Emmers. Emmers. That is amazing. Especially those cards, like, oh, that credit card interest rate. 
I always say this, it is soul sucking. And you were like, nope, no more. You're not taking my money. You're not taking my happiness. I mean, obviously credit cards can never, like no one else can ever take your happiness. You have control over that yourself. Talk about it with your therapist. But all of that to say, (laughs) congratulations. I'm so excited for you. I know that it's just like a weight lifted off of your shoulders. Thanks again, everyone, for being here with us. If you want to check out our membership and get to hang out with cool people like Emmer's N, who's paying paying off these credit cards, and where we have all these courses and interviews and challenges and so much more, it's fun because it's not Frugal Friends if it's not fun. Head to frugalfriendspodcast.com slash club. Check it out. See if it's right for you. Yes. And we'll see you next time. I mean, I won't be back next time, but is Jen coming back next time? Uh, No, this episode is not. We didn't record in order. Okay. Um, Okay. Well, bye. Bye. (laughs) Frugal Friends is produced by Eric Sirianni. Oh, okay. Well, it says 519, and then it says 512. Because you're also, oh, is and this the last And then it says 516. So you are on future episodes. I am? Oh, okay. I That's thought. Confusing. I don't know. If, you're if, on like, episode if I look 309. At the oh, yeah, this is episode no, 311. You're right. I'm sorry. You're right. This That's is okay. the last episode you're on. So she comes back after this? And then we have another stand-in co-host. Oh, really? And then she comes back. I know. Okay, so who's Those the other stand-in? Those are already stand-in? recorded. Chloe. Oh, okay. Here so we I'm go. The Here's first. the secret. Mm-hmm. I'm the first We're one. revealing salacious secrets to our listeners right now. Oh, wait. They're hearing Chloe this? Dan- oh, yeah. We're going to. Oh, my oh, goodness. Yeah. This is the after-after show for the true diehard it. fans who stay tuned after the music. Oh. And you think it's all over, but it's not. It's not. Okay, so yeah. I'm first, and then Chloe, and then Jen. And then Jen comes back oh. to be with us. She's going to love it. She's going to have missed <laughs> it so much. I know. I did text her the other day. I needed something from her. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm so sorry to Are bother you? you. Hold on. She just had a baby, is caring for a toddler. And you're like, um, can you do something for me, please? <laughs> I know you're a little busy. You're kind of like being a cow right now to a whole human being. But if you could yeah. just like bake me a dozen cookies, because I need that, that would be helpful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's exactly what it was. I was asking for labor. <laughs> no, it wasn't. She gave me full permission. And I can't, I can't reveal all of the reasons. But rest assured, it was a very reasonable reason. Okay. And... She wanted me to contact her when this reasonable reason came up. I mean, I think but it's I still okay. said, I am sorry to bother you, but I need you to look at XYZ. And her response was where I thought it was going to be uh, what you were describing. Instead, she says, this is so amazing. I haven't been needed by oh. anyone over the age of four in six weeks. <laughs> like, oh, okay, phew. <laughs> good. 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 It is. It mm-hmm. is. There's something different about like, I mean, shout out to stay at home moms. Like, I love it. I actually wanted to do it, but could couldn't financially afford it. But it's there's something about being needed by an adult. Yeah. Well, and, and, yeah. and not even needed as an adult, but almost like collaborating on a team, like as a team yes. with someone yeah. other than your partner or your spouse. It's just fun. It just it's allows purposeful your, too, it is. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's and it it's just a different type of purposeful. Yeah, so that's true. and and because especially because being a mom can be so draining. When you have a purpose, you know, something else, it's like, oh, okay. Like it gives you your brain a moment to turn off from that other part. Yes, I get it. Different avenues, different outlets for Mm -hmm. life and expression of self. And if it's only expression of self with little ones, then yeah, there can feel like an aspect of you missing. Mm -hmm. That's why it's always good for like people to have hobbies. What is Mm -hmm. a hobby of yours? Do you have a hobby? <laughs> work. Oh, <laughs> work, but that's work, not a work, hobby. Work, work. <laughs> I know. Um, gardening. I oh, think I would okay. put under that category. Okay. I really enjoy being outdoors, digging mm-hmm. in the dirt. What oh, about that's you? Nice. I have gotten into embroidery. 
I'm like a grandma. <gasps> yes. I, Are you hanging it on your walls? So or? I am. I, you want to see one? Yes, please. I am hanging it on my walls somewhat, but I'm giving oh, it. Oh, that's adorable. Isn't it? So I don't have enough space in my home to hang all of these. So I've started giving them away. Yeah. So I do this. It, it keeps me off of my phone. I have ADHD. So it gives my hands something to do in the evening. My ha- my husband and I, we put our kids to bed and we watch one show together or watch like one hour of TV together. And instead yeah. of me scrolling on my phone because my hands need movement, I'm yes. embroidering. And then um, I'm my goal, I was actually talking with Jen and Caroline. <laughs> And I said, what do I do with all this stuff? They said, "Um, we'll take one. Like, you should make them for friends. So I'm going to start sending them out to friends and family. So I gave some to my grandma. I gave one to my mom. And I just said, Allison, I have a blank wall. Do you want me to make you one? I would not turn that down. That's adorable. If this happens to to still make it in the podcast, it's like an embroidered plant macrame thing. It's beautiful. It's really cute. The beige tones and greens. I love it. It's like a light pink, a very light pink. So anyway, this is my favorite one I've done. I'm almost just like, let me just get a whole bunch of these because people like this one. And I'll just send them out to people. But then I am also nervous because I don't want to be like, here's how to decorate your home. You know what I mean? (laughs) This belongs there. Yeah, like hang this up. You have to do it because your home is ugly. I need to make it cuter. Like I'm like, where's the balance? Like I don't. I just have something. I just have something I think you'd like, and I don't have space for it. But I put love and hard work into it. I love it. Get a hobby. Okay, bye. (laughs) You like it? It's pretty, huh? I love it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.